Hello. Hi. Welcome back. What's up? Here we are again. I know, it's fun. <laughs> we meet again. Oh God, every day. I literally haven't not seen you in way too many days. Every day. We went from spending the most time away from each other we ever have in our life to spending the most time with each other that we ever have in our life. <laughs> Oh man, what a blessing it is. That's, that's Boonie. Don't mind Boone. Yeah, her name's Luna, but we call her Boonie. Luna Buna, Boonie, Boondaka. Oh, so many names. Yeah. We oh. have two dogs. Anyways, that's not the topic. Bear's not important. <gasps> How dare you? <laughs> um, well, here we are. It is episode two of the Dope Yogi podcast. This is the imposter syndrome episode. Dun, dun, dun. You fake ass. <laughs> we want to talk about this because it is something that I think I, well, I know I struggle with. And I think most everybody in their life has experienced the feeling of being an imposter or you could also just call it self-doubt. Self-doubt. Yeah, that's what it is, essentially. Yeah. That's what it is. Well, it's, it ex expands on self-doubt. Like, I, I suffer from self-doubt, which is why we've had this podcast. <laughs> this is a podcast brought to you by Stop. me. Um, I've struggled with self-doubt. That's why I've had this podcast equipment for almost six years and I've never used it once. Yes, that's true. Imposter syndrome is where you start achieving some level of success and you attribute it to either luck or anything other than the hard work you've put in. And it affects you in a way where you can have anxiety, uh, tons more extra self-doubt, really a lot of problems with feeling like you're a fraud right yeah so just to kind of define what what it is um without using a definite like a, a webster's definition it is an actual thing that has been studied in the world of psychology since 1978 right um so they, they do know that it's it's not we're not just making this up but it's essentially the belief that no matter your success or your accomplishments, you still feel inadequate or you feel like you're not good enough or you feel like you're not ready enough to show up for the conversation. You feel like your success is attributed to luck or that you kind of undermine your experience or expertise in your field. Right? Yeah. 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 So just to kind of break it down a little bit more than that, who can this affect? Everybody. Literally everybody. It can affect everybody. And uh, by by nature, I am a confident person, I would say. And I struggle with this imposter syndrome every single day. I've gotten a lot better about it. Where do you find it affecting you most? Right now? Yeah. Well, actually, right now, I don't, I don't, I mean, maybe the podcast, but... I don't really think that I'm I'm letting it affect me in my life. I've I've figured out ways to combat it and to overcome it, which is kind of what we're going to get to. That's what we want to cover in this episode really is talking about this imposter syndrome, self-doubt in general, and actual tangible ways that we can work through it. It sounds very useful. Yeah, yes. Hopefully that's the goal. I hope so. Yeah. Um, so what do you got on your computer over there? It's just some show notes. Show notes. Yeah. You guys, we are improving. We have notes. I have something written down. Nicole has something <laughs> written down. So you can see who wears the pants in this relationship where I wanted to free wheel and deal my way through this podcast, like some sort of desperado, but Nicole has one and we have notes. <laughs> we have notes. You are a desperado. 
Dude, that was my favorite movie growing up. I've never seen it. What? Antonio Banderas. Maybe I, I he I... keeps all of his guns. No, no, I have seen it. I have seen it. Boy, that's movie. Boy, boy, boy. I love that movie. Well, back to imposter syndrome. Shout now, out to Antonio Banderas, bro. Where did he go? Dude. What I was about to say was super inappropriate, but uh, I think he just kind of fell off. So Okay, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Mm. Uh, one, okay, one thing that I do know for sure is this idea of imposter syndrome. It can actually really highly affect people that struggle with perfectionism also, which I am guilty of and yes. I'm guilty of but I'm a recovering perfectionist we all know that I've spoken about this openly and freely for a long time for a long time I thought that unless everything I did was perfect it was not worthy and which in turn meant that I was not worthy so people that really want to get everything right and have everything perfect I think have a, a lot harder time accepting when they do kind of get it right, you know, because it can always, in my mind, anything that we do, I, this, and you asked me earlier, where am I struggling with this? This is a, actually a, an example that I can think of. Everything that we do, all of the content that we produce, everything that I write, every everything that we come up with for Dope Yogi, the videos, my classes, no matter how awesome it is or what kind of great feedback I get in the back of my mind, and I am aware of it, but in the back of my mind, I am always like, well, this is how it could have been better. That's funny because um, last night you accidentally didn't record your favorite mm -hmm. class ever. Don't I, get me started. I wonder God if it. it still would have been your favorite class if it did record. It's like not there, so it's perfect. It a, you said that. It was like the perfect class, the best class you've taught in 10 years. I wonder if it did record, if it would have just been like, oh, it's a good class. Oh, damn it. Who knows? We'll never know. I know. <laughs> no, we. Well, I'm, I know. I know. It's You're, you're probably right because I'm going to teach that same sequence on Saturday morning. And I guarantee you after I get done teaching, I'm going to be like, whatever. The first one was better. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, so what's on your notes now? What well, are, where are we going? I want to talk about personal experience just to give an example of where I have in the past really struggled with this idea of I'm not good enough. And I think that a lot of, I think we all struggle with this a little bit growing up as kids. I feel like the first experience that we all can relate to on just a baseline level is, you know, when you're in let's just say like when you're in high school and you start hanging out with new groups of people or if you're not really that popular and then you get invited to like the popular kids wow. party, you know, and then you get to the party and you're like, oh my God, like I don't belong here. Or, you know, you just feel a little out of place, like you're not good enough. And I think, I think that's like the, maybe the first time that as a, you know, you're not an adult, but as a, somebody that's getting a little bit of independence, you might start to experience it then. But for me, the first time that I can vividly remember feeling like an imposter was during college when, so for those of you that don't know, my background is in fashion. I went to school for fashion merchandising and in New York City, and I was in the fashion industry for a long time, which is a very competitive, very surface level, very clicky industry. And it's very much like everybody for yourself. Um, and being in fashion, being in just that luxury brand world, you are constantly bombarded with people that are beautiful, that wear really expensive clothing, that you know, you just feel like you have to, you have to keep up. And me coming from a family where, you know, I always had everything I needed. My parents were amazing at raising me and I'm very fortunate for that and had a lot of privilege growing up, but we didn't have a, like, we weren't rich by any means whatsoever. We were like very like, you know, what's the medium income? What's that word? 
Middle class. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> middle that's class. That's so funny. Yes. <laughs> so, I don't know what growing up middle class is like. Well, that's what it was like. So I go, I go to college and all of a sudden I'm like surrounded by – 18 year old girls who are wearing Louis Vuitton purses and Gucci shoes. And I'm like, Oh, with my target bag in fashion school. And it was a vivid moment where I was like, Oh my God, I don't belong here. How, how am I ever going to make it in the fashion industry? I can't afford a $2,000 handbag. Now fast forward, I would never pay for that. I would never buy. I don't support that kind I don't support that industry anymore, which is, a big reason why I left, but that's a whole nother topic. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of, you know, one example. How'd you get over that in college or did you ever? I quit. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, I think that I just, once I started working, you know, I got a job and I started making my own money and, um, it was helpful that the company I worked for at the time provided me with a clothing allowance. So I was allowed to get very nice clothing for not a lot of money. And so I probably that helped, but yeah. So you, you at that time leaned into it and and started getting the things that would allow you to be fashionable in that industry. Yeah. 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 And then fast forward to now the things that most recently I have struggled with at first, when we first started the blog, when Dokyogi was just a blog, starting, I I know that I'm a good writer. I yeah. can confidently say that. However, I would write things and be like, who the fuck am I to be an authority on this topic of yoga that I've been teaching for 10 years? Even though, of course, I have a lot of experience. I have a lot of knowledge on, the, on this topic and in this industry. But still, for some reason, it's like, you're not a blogger. Who wants to listen to what you have to say? Why would anybody read your writing? Yeah, blogging's funny because all you have to do is write and then all of a you're sudden a you're a blogger. Mm-hmm. So now you've been a blogger for over a year and it's amazing. Oh, Really good. You only say these things on the podcast. That's not true. How <laughs> dare you? Um, yeah, so some of my personal experiences with this is um, we talked on the last podcast I've been practicing yoga for 10 years. We get into this dope yogi thing, and our main goal is to be who we are, first and foremost, but also different because we also talked on the last podcast, what you see and what you consume and what you look at becomes your reality. So the reality of yoga in America is this very white, very stale, to me, grouping of people that come and stretch together. And that's basically it. It's lacking the spirituality, lacking the creativity, lacking the functionality of real community. And a lot of times, I think you said spirituality. Yeah. Yeah. So this real, this community, as we've seen, is surf surface level oh hey how you doing i love you i love you too great cool oh can you support me doing this no fuck off (laughs) haha so like you know me being i'm so loyal to everybody and you are to like a fault like if you're my friend you can shit on me a few times before i'm like oh we're not friends anymore and even then there's somewhere in my heart where where i'm thinking like i can forgive this person yeah and you and i are so different in that sense. yeah you get crossed and you're like you cut the bridge you burn it down you fucking throw cement in the water there's <laughs> you know what i mean there's no for a period of time until i heal those wounds yeah those wounds are deep for you so coming into this nashville yoga scene at the time i did it was essentially all white very sterile And I was this pothead from the West Coast and feeling like I don't belong here. Um, I smoke weed. I drink alcohol. I go to parties. Maybe like this isn't for me. And so I just leaned into my own personality and said, I enjoy 
this asana practice and had it already been exploring spirituality for geez 15 16 years at that point so i just leaned into it and said this is who i am mm-hmm. fast forward 10 years and i go to nepal and you meet these sadhus uh, sadhus are um sages or you know the the holy men of india and they go around begging for money and they give you the um the little bindi bindi smudge or thought the bindi was the oh you mean the smudge yeah the i don't know what it's Uh, called i think i wrote it down let me just make sure i don't want to mislabel it the talaka oh okay tiaka or talaka and they put it on your head and those dudes smoke a ton of hash. Mm-hmm. And so there's this whole part of the yogi culture that never makes it over here, which is like these people get down and they have parties. And um, it's just so now that I've seen that, I'm like, well, oh, maybe I'm more of a yogi than I had ever thought. Or I've always thought I was a yogi or what I've always <laughs> my ego has always thought of like, this is what a yogi should be. Right. You know what I mean? So that's what we're bringing. And as I've leaned more into my own personality and like, okay, this is who I am, that has lessened my feeling of being an imposter. When this American white yoga is the reality that corporate yoga is pushing Mm -hmm. and the reality that these white-owned studios are pushing, whereas yoga isn't even what people think it is it's just what they're fed at this point so we're standing over here saying no this is dope yogi this is what we're doing this is what you can do you don't have to do it but yoga is all encompassing and everything can exist here and it should right yeah you're absolutely right that's and that's something too i'm sure a lot of people experience is feeling like an imposter in the yoga communities if you are somebody that likes to drink alcohol or likes to party on the weekends or likes to eat meat. You know, these things are sort of like, ooh, I can't, I need to be more of a, I need to live more of a yogic lifestyle, which maybe that that is what defines it for you, but maybe not. Maybe yogic lifestyle for you means that you're just not a fucking asshole. Yeah, because that, that's, that's nice. Yeah, that's important. Like you can't, you know, you can't walk around and call yourself a yogi when you're cursing at people in traffic. I mean, you can, but... You know, that's something that you need to be a little bit more aware of. Practicing yoga doesn't mean that you need to be able to do all of these difficult postures. I think a lot of times that's what draws people to this practice. And then you get to a yoga class and maybe you are somebody that isn't a thin white woman and you don't have a typical, I'm doing air quotes, yoga body and you can't do a handstand or you can't do crow pose or you can't do these things that you see these images of yeah. all the time, which and then in your mind you associate that with representing what yoga means and what yoga is. And so then, and then you don't see yourself represented in that space. So that can also in turn create this, this ripple effect of, well, I don't belong or I'm not, I don't, I can't do this. I don't, but, and then the other thing is like sometimes there are yogis that just, just meditate. I mean, they don't even practice asana or they just study philosophy or they just study the spiritual aspects of it. And they don't ever even step foot on a yoga mat to, to move their bodies. And, and then, you know, they can sometimes be, it can be like a deterrent of like, well, I don't want to, you know, I don't, I don't practice that style of yoga. This is the kind of style that I practice. I don't really know what I'm trying to say, but do you understand what I mean? Maybe. Kind of. Okay. Um, well, maybe not. <laughs> I do get, though, that um, there's so many different aspects of yoga. For example, when I was in Nepal and people were like, oh, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, we have this really cool yoga blog. And I'm here to learn about spirituality and learn about yoga from the Nepali people. And they're like, oh, cool. What part of yoga? I'm like, oh, the physical aspect. Oh, they're like asana, the least important part. Right which is, you know, it's great for for your body and it's great for your mind. But there's so many different aspects of it that um, you need to explore mm-hmm. or not. Yeah. You do what you want to do. Yeah. Um, well, 
you know, maybe we can talk about a couple of ways that people can start to overcome their imposter syndrome. Are there any other areas that you've experienced it? Um, kind of. When I first moved to Nashville, um, Lloyd was hanging out with a lot of the like MBA type kids. Mm-hmm. MBA is like this really uh, wealthy, wealthy private school. And um, the way I grew, I grew up very poor, uh, very not privileged and I'd never really been around anybody like that. So I'd go to these parties and everybody has their um, khaki shorts and their boat shoes, their Sperry's and their polos on. And there's me with my dunks, like my, you know, style of t-shirts, graphic design, backwards hat. So I had imposter syndrome for the first few times I went to those parties. I didn't feel worthy of hanging out with these rich white kids and there was nothing wrong with them they're all very nice kids it just is their style and the way that they grew up so that's the way that they are and how i got over that was like okay again lean into it Mm -hmm. lean into yourself lean into who you are Mm -hmm. and just be yourself and you know i made some friends and some people obviously i didn't connect well with and that's fine too but i felt good about it yeah yeah that's Similarly to like the... Your college thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. So yeah, let's get into just a couple of ways that we can think about overcoming this if you're somebody that experiences this. Because the reality is, you know, if you're, for example, let's just say you're a yoga teacher. Mm-hmm. This is a yoga podcast. So we'll use the example of a yoga teacher. Is you're, this a yoga podcast? I don't know. Maybe not. We talk a lot about yoga. Yeah, I think it's a life podcast. Yeah, it is a life podcast. Yes. We are in the industry of yoga. Yes. So if you are a yoga instructor, the reality is that you're going to suck at first. You just are. I mean, there's no way to be a good yoga teacher unless you have practice. And that's the only way to get better at teaching is to just keep teaching. So at some point, when you start teaching yoga, maybe you feel like an imposter because truthfully, in that moment, you kind of are. Like, not that you're not good enough, but, you know, you have to work your way up to being good at something. And then once you arrive there, okay, then maybe I can start working through that self-doubt. Once you've experienced the success and then you feel like, well, yeah, I'm still not good enough. There's all these teachers that are better than me. So I think the first thing that we have to look at when we're talking about overcoming this or managing it, because reality, like the more you do things, the more you learn new things and try on new hats. You know what I mean? What's yeah. the phrase? Yeah, try on hats. I've heard that. <laughs> okay, whatever. Yeah. How many hats do you have? A lot. I wear a lot of them. Yeah. And... The more you do these new things, you're going to experience it over and over again, right? Like it's not ever going to go away once you're in a new area of life. So I think the first thing we have to do is acknowledging, acknowledge when it's happening so that you're not just bypassing it. You're experiencing it. You're saying you're identifying it. You're being able to put a label to this feeling of like, oh, I'm not ready for this. I'm not good enough or all that stuff. You can say, wait, wait, wait call it what it is, call it out, call it, this is my imposter syndrome. And then you fucking unsubscribe. Okay. You just have to unsubscribe. Yeah. I agree with that because I, like I was saying earlier, we create our own reality. We decide what is what, and by the industry, allowing the industry to tell you what a yoga teacher is or to tell you this is how you need to act or this is how you be a health coach and this is how you get a six pack or you know what I'm saying? All Mm -hmm. those things, the industry, this health industry that wants your money wants to push this narrative. So this narrative is being pushed that this is what you have to be. And that's why I think that we experience imposter syndrome because we're like, oh, we're not that. That's Mm -hmm. not us. Maybe we don't fit in this or maybe we don't belong, but it's because we're 
we're being indoctrinated into this bullshit idea. And I wonder even if imposter syndrome is a thing in other countries where that sort of, you know, that sort of media beating it into your head that this is what it should be even exists. Mm -hmm. And, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, it doesn't really matter because this is America and this is where we live. So I think a really good tool is to acknowledge when you have imposter syndrome Mm -hmm. and then think about it in a way where you can see it for what it is, which is a lot of the time going to be bullshit. Yeah. And self-imposed bullshit. Self-imposed bullshit and then work on breaking it down from there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great advice. The next thing I feel like, I feel like there are three main points that I can attribute to helping me get through this imposter syndrome. The second one. So the first one is acknowledging when you see it, right? Call it out, name it. You can use that advice for so many different things yeah. too. Anxiety, anger, yeah, um, jealousy, calling it out, naming it when you see it can help with so many different things. Right. Because then you're able to identify that this is the experience I'm having. It's not actually me. It's just that experience. It's that thought. It's that belief. Mm -hmm. And then you can disassociate from that and say, okay, I'm identifying that that fucking shit is bullshit. That sucks. I don't want to be a part of that. I'm unsubscribing. I don't want to have anxiety. I like this unsubscribing thing. Yeah, I love unsubscribing. I've never unsubscribed to anything. Oh my but God, I, I do am, it every day. I am ready. <laughs> the first thing, I'm. there's a few things I'm unsubscribing to. Like what? I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, but when I figure them out, I'll let you guys know. Um, okay, so the number two thing is I think learning to accept that you have had a role in your success. Right? Yes. Oh my God, that's huge. It's like, yo, I didn't get here because I'm fucking lucky. I mean, maybe some of it has to do with luck. I have felt lucky my entire life. Everything I've ever wanted in my career or like my school or, you know, goals I've wanted to achieve, I've been able to do that. And for so many years, I was like, oh, I'm just really lucky. I'm so lucky. I got that job that I really wanted. I'm so lucky. I got to go into this program that I was really hoping that I would get accepted into like but no like I worked for that shit and so I think at some point you have to accept that you you helped yourself get to where you are so your success isn't just because you know the universe was looking out for you no and you know you work for what you want and as a white woman, you probably had it easier. Of well, course. White, beautiful woman. Aww. You've probably there had you it easier than a lot of people, but you still bust your fucking ass. Every when day. you were doing design house house design plus yoga plus real estate plus flipping, you were working like a hundred hours a week. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's no amount of luck or privilege that can replace a hundred fucking hours a week. Yeah. That's just, that's real time. Yeah. When you put in a hundred hours a week into something, that's insane. Oh wait, I can't say that. (laughs) We are using the term wild. That is wild. Yeah. You know, I never thought about that. And it's funny because I really never have never thought about that until just right now when I was doing a lot of real estate and, my home design and house flipping, I never once experienced imposter syndrome. I just jumped head in first. What? What's the term? Head in first? Yeah. Okay, guys, this is going to be a really cool, like, get to know Nicole thing. Um, so English is her second language, uh, and she speaks Romanian fluently, and uh, she'll say things like, uh, instead of, turn off the light she'll say uh close can you close the light um 
I think you've told me to turn off the curtains before. No, not, I haven't. I'm not really sure, but she'll say some. You'll you'll hear you'll hear this stuff. And another thing, unless we say something fucking completely crazy, uh, we are not going to edit these podcasts. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to take out audio because um, I think it needs to be as authentic as possible. And just for you guys to know that we are genuine and we want you to get to know us and we're, we're not going to be editing shit out. I've never edited anything out of my life. No. So it's just I show up who I am. This is who the fuck I am. You've never edited anything out. And if you don't out, like you it, have, you can unsubscribe. I was going to say that. <laughs> You've never edited anything out, but you have unsubscribed. Oh, yeah, for sure. So anyways. So what was number one? Well, number one was acknowledging when you're experiencing. Okay. And number two? Calling it out. Number two is accept that you have had a part in your own success. And I think in order to get there, there is like – so here's like number two, but then there's like 2A. So like things that you can do to get to where you're going – I'm fucking inspired right now. Oh my god! I don't know if it's this coffee. <laughs> I think uh, it's probably the coffee. Second coffee. Shout out to Nespresso if you ever want to sponsor us. <laughs> second coffee's got me turned up, or I'm just like fucking pumped up by this one and two. I'm not sure. All right, let's go. Two A. Um, own your accomplishments. Okay, that's kind of the same thing as no, two. Two A is own your accomplishments. Okay. Learn that you have had it, and learn that you to accept that you have had a part in your own success accept and own what you have done grab it by the whatever you want to grab it by not the britney not the britney unless it's your own britney and then you can grab it all you want (laughs) 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 okay anyways um back back to uh back to the topic here um one thing I think that you can really do is it sounds okay, it sounds sort of corny, but like <laughs> affirmations, man. Telling yourself that you're a fucking badass and hearing that, look at yourself in the mirror, say your own name. It's because there's a there, there's been a research study that I just read about that says they did this whole study on like if you say your name out loud, like it builds some sort of subconscious confidence in you. I don't know why, but, um, so yeah, talking to yourself, like you would talk to somebody that you want to uplift. This ties into, if you don't think this works, this, it does work. This ties in directly to my point about, um, the like commercial industry pushing things on you commercials mm-hmm. the reason why they work is because you hear them over, over and over, and, over. Yeah. and this has all been studied um in psychology so affirmations work because you say them over and over it's the same thing as a mantra mm-hmm. people have been doing mantras for who i mean ten thousand years is probably the earliest language that they can discover and i'm sure they've been doing mantras since then mm-hmm. so it's that it ties into um the industry, if we want to talk about yoga, like this is what yoga looks like. This is what yoga looks like. And then it that's what yoga looks like. So you create your own reality. So when you have these affirmations, you create your own reality. In my journaling, I do my journaling in the morning. I fill out, I write until I'm bored or write until I can't anymore. And then I have affirmations and usually they're different. And, but I do do them. And then under that, I do my manifestations, which mm-hmm. is something like that where I visually. Right. Visualize um, your success or visualize what you want. My thing. Our dog uh, <laughs> is licking his paw. He has a really, he's kind of got a problem with it. And so he's doing it right now. And I want to be like, yo, yo you got to stop. But I can't because, you know, we're on a podcast. We're on the pod. <laughs> Um, yes. So manifesting, we'll maybe get into that another day because I do think that's a powerful tool. Yeah. Like lately I've been manifesting and affirming what my mom taught me. I am a money magnet. So far it hasn't worked, but (laughs) (laughs) one day, um, yeah, 
and, um, and then that, that's money is another thing that's weird in like the health and yoga industry. For sure. I feel like it's so that's I have imposter syndrome with that. It's like, how do we ask for money in this like for this thing that we're providing? Mm-hmm. And uh, shout out to Yumi. I was listening to her and Dr. Flex and Fly. Flex and Fly. And I was listening to her and Dr. Ebony talk about. Shout out to Dr. Ebony shout out and to her Dr. therapy cards. Ebony. Uh, her talking, she was saying, like, don't be afraid to ask for your value. For sure. Like, we're putting in all this work. And at some point, we have we have to be like, hey, it would be great if you would pay us. Dude, I know. I struggled with that so much when I was teaching free yoga on Instagram for months and when this whole pandemic started and I was like, I want to just give it away. I want to give it away. I want to ask for donations. And if you can't um, pay me, that's fine. And then, you know, I I would show up every day, sometimes multiple times a day. And then I got to a point where I'm like, you know, there are people taking my class like six times a week and I know they can afford to pay me. Like if you're an attorney and you're not paying for yoga and you show up to yoga six days a week and you just feel like you don't have to pay, dude, like you need to look at yourself because that's really fucked up. Like you, you, as humans, as in this society, this capitalist society, we pay for what we value. And if you are not paying somebody for their time and their effort, then you don't value that. And if for some reason you feel like their time and their effort isn't something worth paying for, like, again, you need to look at that. Yeah. And it's, to be clear, we're not, she's not asking for $50, $20. She probably would have been happy with five. No, I would have been happy for a dollar. Yeah. My point is that, yes, when I say donation-based, I doesn't mean you need to pay me what you would pay or drop in. I mean, donate something. For the time that this person's putting in and for what you got out of what this person gave you. Especially if you're showing up five or six times a week, which unfortunately, I love the Instagram classes. I thought they were really cool. It was awesome. I mean, and I would would love to continue doing that. Sorry. No, it's all good. (laughs) And, uh, but unfortunately, people ruin it. For everybody else, well, they, the ones that show up the most, you know, don't pay. And that's not a, that's not sustainable for our life. Also, this is not – if you if you cannot afford to pay for yoga, this is not directed at you. Please know that. Those of you that you can afford to pay for yoga and you don't, you know, you know what I'm – I mean, you know who you are. Also – if you can't afford to pay for yoga, please email us and we will work something out. Yes, that's a super we we were just talking about this this morning that we were going to probably announce in a couple of days that we want to create some sort of a program where if if you're somebody that needs yoga and you can't afford it, hit us up because we can do this on a sliding scale like we don't need to see your tax records or anything like that. But if you are like, "Hey, I literally I can't afford it." but I want to practice with you and this is how much I can afford, let us know and let's set you up with a membership because this is what we're here for. We're here to offer yoga. And again, like we have, we charge a monthly fee, but that doesn't mean that if you can't afford that monthly membership fee, then you can't practice with us. That's not what this is about. Yeah. To be? um, Hold on. Let me see here. What do I have in my notes? How is your your computer? Oh, this is to see. What was to be? Um, affirmations. Oh, yeah. Affirmations. Okay. I am to see. a money magnet. Yes. I am amazing. Yeah, exactly. Whatever you want to fill in the blank with. Jerome. Uh, this, Jerome. I think, Jerome. honestly, this is, this is uh, the most important of this part right now that we're talking about. To see. see. Decide to be confident. You have to make that as a conscious decision. Oh, that's hard. You got to do it. Gosh, I. You have to decide it. It's it's a choice that has to be made. You're not just going to wake up one day and be like, wow, I'm so confident. No, that's not how it works. 
you mean like it's just not going to happen. You have to work at it. You have to work at it. You have to decide, work at it, and then maybe one day you will wake up confident. But right. you no, mean yeah, yeah, yeah. the personality trait won't change just by nothing. Exactly. Nothing changes with nothing. Yeah. Everything, you have to work at everything. Nothing comes easy. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you make that decision and you commit to working at inspiring yourself and knowing that you're capable. You are fucking capable. That's a good affirmation. I am fucking capable. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so last point here. So do you want do we want to recap now or recap after? Let's recap after. Okay. So number three, the third thing that you can do to battle and overcome your own personal imposter syndrome, self-doubt in your industry, wherever that is showing up for you, is stop comparing yourself to Susan down the road. Shout out to Susan. <laughs> Susan isn't a real person. I know, I know that. You can call her Karen. You can call her Becky, whatever the fuck you want to call her. Stop looking at other people's Instagram feeds and saying, well, why does she have so many followers? Why does her picture get so many likes? Why do they have so many subscribers to their podcasts? If we looked at that shit, we would not have gotten anywhere. We have zero subscribers as we film this podcast. To our podcast? Yes. There's, to be clear, there's nowhere for them to subscribe. Oh, okay. Uh, well, you can't subscribe yet. No. But anyways, my point is that you cannot live in this comparison world of, well, her headstand is so good or she drives such a nice car. Well, I'm not there yet. I'm not good enough because I don't have what she has. That's something like, I think that it's called like neighbor syndrome or oh, something. Oh, keeping up with the Joneses? Oh, yeah. Keeping, that is neighbor syndrome. <laughs> yeah. keep. That's how my mind remembers things. Keeping up with the Joneses or like the grass is greener on the other side type shit. Yeah. When like if you compare yourselves to other people, if we did that, then we would be imagining ourselves as failures because what we're doing, I mean, I have researched and I've looked for stuff like us and it's not really there. Mm -hmm. We're kind of leading this like dope yogi charge. Wow. So there's, you know, we can compare ourselves to the other yoga websites and stuff and they are doing much better than us of course but it's you know we're just getting started yeah and we're doing our own thing and i think that's cool and yeah that comparing thing i can fall into that on any given it is day. a rabbit hole it is bad and it can show up in so many different areas of your life in relationships with your friends or your your partner or you know your financial situation or any, anything, really, anything. If you want to look at it that way, like, well, they have it so much better than me. Well, of course, you're going to start believing that. So Yeah, you're almost affirming negatively. Mm -hmm. And affirmations work that way, they too. They work both ways, 100%. If you are somebody that looks at yourself in the mirror, I can say this because I did this for years and years and years and years and years. And literally just now, probably the past year, started to learn how to not do this. But for years, I would wake up, look at myself and just pick apart everything. Your, my face, my eyes, my skin, my belly, my thighs, my everything, my hair. I mean, everything that is just, I don't like. I can't, I could never see the positive. And it, it takes that mental shift. You have to consciously see that those that negative self-talk is happening and then you have to shift that narrative because the more you feed yourself that that's what you're going to believe and that's what you're going to keep seeing so how do you do that oh well i think it takes a lot of therapy <laughs> therapy yeah work yeah i mean that it's that self it's just i don't want to call it self-improvement but it's it's working at shifting those narratives I think it goes back to the first point of these three things is acknowledging when it's happening first you have to be able to identify these behaviors and mm -hmm. identify these thoughts because 
for a long time, I didn't. I just would have the thoughts gone about my day and it would ruin me. Like I would be in a terrible mood. I would be sad, depressed, anxious, you know, being comparing myself to Susie and Becky and all those girls. And it was a really self-deprecating way to live. So I think it took kind of hitting a rock bottom with my ear, which that's a whole, that's a topic. Maybe we'll cover that one day, but side note, I lost my hearing three, almost three years ago. And in one year, in one year, um, which is nothing. Yeah. Not as bad as two years, but it's fucking terrible. But I hit this, this sort of rock bottom. I couldn't walk. I couldn't teach yoga. I couldn't practice yoga. I couldn't barely, Jeremy had to wash my hair. I mean, it was a bad situation, which put me literally on my ass and just had to look at a lot of things. So uh, I don't know if I'm the best person to give advice on like how to change that because for me, I wouldn't wish that upon anybody the way that I had to learn these lessons. But um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, those are the kind of like the three things that I, I feel like. So number one is acknowledging when you're experiencing it. Mm-hmm. Number two is accept that you've had some role in your own success and number three is stop comparing yourself to other people was 2a and 2b um 2a b c own your accomplishments fuck yeah try affirmations because they work yes fuck yeah and then decide to be confident make that choice and then the last one one more time don't compare yourself that's huge yeah and all of those things, you can do them, and you might still have imposter syndrome, but it's about working towards something. You know, a lot of people put a ton of work into their body. They work out, and they diet, and they do this, and they do that, and that's great, and that's one part of the health and wellness industry. Another part is your mind. You have to strengthen your mind. You have to work on it because you can make huge improvements by doing those three, five steps. I guess those five steps with the two B and C. You can help strengthen your mind. And that's when really, once my mind started getting stronger is when I started feeling more confident and felt like I could achieve more things. That's so true. Everything you just said is so true. I've, I mean, now that I'm thinking about it like that, I don't, to kind of go back to the question that you answered, how did I get to be confident? How did I get to stop comparing myself is when I did hit that rock bottom before that rewind a little bit. I mean, talking about really working at achieving a certain physique and wanting to be, I mean, that's all I ever wanted was to be skinny. Like the best thing compliment I could have gotten at that point in my life was why you're you look too skinny. Like you need to eat something. Like I loved it when people said that to me and it's so fucked up. That's obviously a whole nother episode topic. But like I did get to the point where I couldn't probably be any skinnier without like needing to be hospitalized. And I was the most miserable I had ever been in my entire life. I mean, I cannot ever remember a time where I was sadder than that. And, but that's in my mind was like, oh, this is what I've been wanting. You know, this is what I wanted. Why am I not happy now? Yeah. You got to that body image that you wanted, but you lost my hearing. You lost your hearing. Well, partially that, partially because you're working 100 hours a week. But you get to that point where you want your body. It's like money doesn't buy happiness type Mm -hmm. shit. Neither does skinniness. Neither does skinniness. That comes back to strengthening your mind. Mm -hmm. And while you were recovering, we spent so much time uh, reading, meditating, Mm -hmm. journaling, journaling, doing these things. We did them before, but not as consistently. And you really strengthened your, your mind, which is really when your confidence really started boosting Mm -hmm. one you overcame something tragic and two you just really built up some incredible habits yeah wasn't easy no but it's possible i can stand here today and tell you it is so yeah and 
to shout out our blog, <laughs> we have a lot of resources. Uh, we have over 40. Yeah, a over lot of 40 blogs. Of a lot of the stuff touches on this stuff and like it's all free. Yeah. So check yeah, it out. You should check it out. I mean, that's one thing that is we don't charge anything for that and it doesn't no, make us any never, money. We never will. Never have, never will. Charge anybody for that. No, it's all free information that if you go to our website and click on the blog link, there are tons of articles about yoga, mindfulness, spirituality, just life in general, how to live a more fulfilled life and you know how to fucking be happy because it's not always the easiest thing. No. And I think on that note, that's a great way to end it. Yeah. Um, I think you almost cried. I did almost cry. Oh my gosh, stop. I'm going to cry now. (laughs) Which would have been amazing. (laughs) I would, anybody that I'm a, I love betting. Um, I I, am like, yes. It's not, oh, wait. (laughs) No, honestly though. uh, There's going to be an episode. Over, under, I would say that Nicole cries almost every other episode. Uh, I think it's really cute, though. That's amazing. Uh, we love oh, you. Um, please subscribe, like, do all the things. Yeah, and share. Share this. Share this podcast. We want to connect with you. Send us messages. Let us know what you think. Let us know what we can work on. Just know that if you are a yogi and you don't fit into the status quo, neither do we at the moment, but we are working to change that, and we are here for you. So let us know. Thank you guys for listening. Peace.